Welcome to the Pie Cast, serving up a slice of strange. Welcome back to the Pie Cast. I have Jack back on to talk more astrophysics type stuff, but this time we get really deep into sort of alien space type stuff. So, you know, if aliens and space and that really deep delve is sort of what you're into, then you're really going to enjoy this episode. The kind of theory behind the greys kind of look, I don't know if this was the original plan, but this is kind of how it's sold nowadays, <laughs> is we kind of evolve past a point of the need for physical labor. We have robots do all of our jobs, so we become these giant-headed, super-intelligent, not very physically intimidating. We're less you know, primal. We don't look like monkeys or gorillas or whatever anymore. We don't have these big, you know, you, you see like professional wrestlers or UFC yeah. fighters, football players or whatever, American football players, I mean, <laughs> and they look like these absolute titans. They're these yeah. shaped like triangles, shoulders as wide as they are, tall kind of thing, whereas greys are always absolutely stick thin. And as you said, really thin, spindly hands and yeah. creepy arms, and legs and stuff, and this giant head that... In theory, again, in everything's in theory this episode, I'm sorry, <laughs> that that brain size somewhat directly relates to intelligence. And, and that is what would allow us to become kind of a bit more, yeah, to progress to the next, to the next kind of level, I guess, level of intelligence. So aliens are humans time traveling from the future. Have you seen the YouTube video Alien Interview? By Pro- the Pro- it's like the one that's like just the black interrogation room. Yes. yes yeah. Project, Project Blue Book. Yeah. That is incredible. I absolutely love that. And it's very creepy. It's really, really <laughs> creepy. And I think it's something particularly listeners of the podcast will love mm-hmm. because it is weird and paranormal, but it has a twist that is then not paranormal and it takes it into science. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Because I love, like I said, aliens are my thing when it comes to paranormal side of things i usually very very much don't believe in all the abduction stories from (laughs) hillbillies in the middle of nowhere but this it's i'll 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 tweet out a link to it when this episode goes live and it's a it's like a five minute video i think yeah and it's this in this alien and he or she or it i don't know again we we may evolve past genders at that Mm -hmm. point as well he talks about it talks about the necessity for it's a time traveled hyper evolved version of humans that's come back to warn us to tell us to do whatever it needs to do and it's, it's a really well shot and well crafted and it's the kind of thing that conspiracy theorists love there's there's all these faked oh my god area 51 like you yeah. mentioned Roswell earlier Mandy like yeah. that kind of thing where Here's this like, alien autopsy is the perfect example oh, of that yeah. silly, that terrible, terrible mm-hmm. movie featuring, I- I'm very sorry to say, England's own Anton Deck. <laughs> our, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the American equivalent is because they're just the worst. But yeah, they're, 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 there's so many conspiracy theories behind that and that that video is how it should have been done, in my opinion. That's like yeah. a pretty believable cool way of doing it rather than all these silly like blurry photos of mm-hmm. a finger sticking out of a body bag oh my yeah. god that sort of... 
Yeah, exactly. Well, and that would kind of make more sense too, right? So if if aliens are just evolved humans time traveling back, that, you know, would explain all the, like, how to get across galaxies and planets and the aliens coming to visit our planet and how they are getting here because they're really just time traveling in the same space. How do they know we're here? Because they're time traveling. And how do they time travel? Sandwiches. Exactly. That's how you time travel. <laughs> I just did like a, a a mic drop moment there, by the way. <laughs> Listeners could tell I was just like, sandwiches, and just leant back, dropped Boom. a invisible mic. <laughs> yeah, Jack exactly. out. <laughs> <laughs> My last word would be like, sandwiches. <laughs> That's it. End of the show. Yep. Well, that, that kind of goes with like my question too. So with all the aliens that come in and so-called like, you know, not really invade the earth, but come here and not necessarily even abduct people, they're just coming visiting, I guess. Yeah, sure. If they're coming from way far away, but then you also think too, like they could be coming from, there's that whole thing where there's like a base on the moon and it's a lot closer to travel. Yeah. Than like, you know, galaxies away. Cause that's that whole thing where like, how do you get to that point of being able to travel from another galaxy? Cause they would have to come from another galaxy. They're not coming from Pluto. So, like... Well, yeah, you mean solar system, not galaxy. Because yes. they could be, they could be from true. the yeah. Milky Way galaxy, but almost certainly not from our solar system. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they could come from another galaxy, but that's a whole other thing. Like, distances between galaxies mm-hmm. are just even more mind-boggling than everything I've already talked about. Yeah. Uh, and galaxies themselves are so huge that you can't even imagine how many hundreds of billions of stars that are contained within them but you have this yeah that's my main problem with all this like well they came from another planet on the edge there's the 10th planet on the edge of our solar system and whatever like if they can travel here and like the classic footage of like you see it in the distance and then it zips off really quickly yeah into like the clouds or out of shot from a camera or something like that if it's moving that quickly in the atmosphere and they've gotten here, like you said, Mandy, they have the technology that allows them to get here and travel here mm-hmm. seemingly safely, then they have the technology to either completely murder us yeah. without even thinking, which I want to talk about particularly in relation to Independence Day. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite like bad examples of astrophysics. And they would also probably be able to avoid detection at, at any given moment because they would be able to travel so quickly and so like mind-bogglingly yeah. to us that we wouldn't have a chance to detect them well, unless they like really made a mistake and like oh no we <laughs> did oh it's Bob the Gray again yeah. he's 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 gone and messed up again. Yeah. <sighs> Bob's well, got the... spied by the humans again. He can't leave those cows alone. <laughs> Bloody Bob. That's the question my husband always asks whenever we see stuff with aliens. It's like they travel all this way and then they leave their headlights on. They're yeah, flying here exactly. in the dark at night yep. and they're being all super stealthy and, you know, hiding behind stuff so no one sees them. But then they leave their headlights on. They, like, what, just then... leaned over and bumped the switch. Oh, shit, I turned the headlights on. Suddenly you know? looks like fucking E.T. or something. Yeah. Like so- suddenly headlights come on. There's torches everywhere. Yeah. The aliens like going as they're running away like yeah. making et noises like if they can do interstellar travel so from from solar system to solar system into solar travel mm-hmm. 
then they're not going to be running around like morons yeah. accidentally bumping headlights and, <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Granted, humans should in theory also be evolved past that point, but humans are idiots. There's a chance that there yeah. is Bob the Grey somewhere who is like <laughs> the idiot of the aliens. Trips and is and just falls ha- into something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like His parents are like, now what do you do, Bob? Never go and visit Earth because you know what those humans are like. They'll yeah. capture you and they'll put you in a military base and then you won't be back in time for tea or whatever. Like, It's, it's a classic thing of if they are that intelligent, surely they would not be stupid enough to be noticed by us. Because yeah. in comparison, we would be idiots. And the the really scary thing, and like I said, I want to get onto Independence Day in a minute, which is a terrible, brilliant film <laughs> for all, all kinds of reasons, is that they would probably view us as a very lower form of life as well. Yeah. Like, Especially if we're talking about the, the types of civilizations I mentioned earlier. If they're a type one, or God forbid, a type two or type three, they are so more advanced than us in terms of the use of their energy and their technology. We're basically slugs to them, or ants or something. We are pointless, barely existent, we don't count on their scale of intelligence kind of human beings just are just yeah, insects to them. It doesn't doesn't even matter. They wouldn't think twice about completely wiping us out and you know how you like, oh, you stepped on an ant, or yeah. you know, as you're as a kid, you're going and like trying to burn down an ant mound or whatever. Yep. Like that's probably how they'd see us. They would just experiment by like, oh, what happens if we blow up their planet? Will they survive that? Probably not. Oh well. And that happens. That has happened. That that is an example that's been used in sci-fi. That's kind of the War of the Worlds kind of thing. They've yeah. come here to harvest us. Uh, again, in- Independence Day is that kind of thing where they're running out of energy and they see themselves as massively superior to us so they come over and and try and steal of our, all of our natural resources and stuff like that. Um, going back to spaceship travel within the atmosphere, this is one we want to talk about Independence Day and how it gets <laughs> so much stuff wrong. And this is actually... I've stolen this from my um, college physics teacher so this american listers college is the thing before university here in the uk so i'm 17 years old 18 years old at this point just before i go to university at age 18 and my physics teacher at the time was this amazing guy called james and he was a huge nerd so he would use doctor who futurama and films like independence day as physics lessons He's he's the That's physics teacher awesome. I, I I wish I could become. Like if <laughs> if if somehow I become a physics teacher, which my dad is still determined that I will be someday. <laughs> that's the kind of physics teacher I would be like, "Hey kids, who remembers Doctor Who?" and everybody's like, "Yay." And there's three people in the room including me that are like, "Yes, Doctor <laughs> Who." Fuck yes, James. Let's talk about more Doctor Who. Um and he would make like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy references in his handout notes. And it would be me and my friend Jacob would be like, yeah, Beetlejuice, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know I know what you mean. But yeah, he used Independence Day as an example. And we actually did some calculations based on... So the moment where... In, I'm talking about the first one because God forbid if we start talking about resurgence, I'll be here all day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, quick little plug. I've uh, We've already fixed that on my other podcast, The Sequelizers. We've done Independence Day resurgence and uh, my my friends and, and hope co-hosts on that show have 
try to rewrite Resurgence and make it good, basically. So uh, <laughs> if you want to hear how Resurgence should be done, go and listen to that episode of Sequelizers. But yeah, there's this moment where it goes across the sea and like lands, for want of a better phrase, hovering above... Is it LA? I think it's LA. This is one on the yeah. West Coast. Yeah, it's probably and, LA. And, and it just like pauses yeah. above the city. And it's this like almost city-sized thing that is hovering there. And you can take very, obviously very rough estimates because it's a fictional spaceship, but you can guess how big it is by the, how much area, because there's then an aerial shot of it, like casting the shadow across the city. Yeah. And you see roughly how big it is. So you can work out it's circular, which helps because you can easily calculate the area covered by a circle, you know, using pi r squared and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, pi. Exactly. Back to pi. <laughs> with no E this time, I'm afraid. Yeah. Maybe this episode will have to be called Pi Cast with the, with the, <laughs> the letter symbol. pi. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so you can roughly work out, and let's assume it's made of some kind of metal that we know. So you take a rough, very, very rough estimate of the mass of metal, convert it up to the size of that, how much metal of that size would it take, blah, 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 blah. And you work out how much this thing would weigh. So the way propulsion works is basically the problem we have at the moment is all propulsion that we have is you push away from something, whether that's air or the earth or a wall or whatever. Imagine you're sat on an office chair and you're up against the wall and you push yourself, you lift your legs up and you slide across that's propulsion. You, the energy your hand put into the wall is propulsion. In order for things to stay up, particularly hovering, unless they're <laughs> gliding like a hawk or something like that, they have to exert energy downwards to propel themselves up, to keep yeah. up. So as that thing moves, as the Ind- Independence Day giant ship thing moves, it crushes everything underneath. And because of the mass of it, it drags all of the water from the sea with it as well. <laughs> so it crushes and drowns absolutely everything in its path, no matter where it goes. So if a ship <laughs> that big did arrive on Earth, it would just fly about for a bit and we would all die. Yeah. They don't need weapons. <laughs> they don't need the giant laser beam thing that destroys the White House and destroys that skyscraper thing. That's... You just fly there and then stay above them slightly and it will just crush everything that would flatten an entire city in a matter of seconds <laughs> and drag like the biggest tidal wave in recorded history and flood and drown everything in sight <laughs> it's, it's terrifying like like yeah. you said they had that level of technology they basically need to sneeze and we all die well, it's terrifying. You think too, okay, so in these movies where all these aliens always come to like either harvest the you know, people or do experiments on people or steal our energy or resources or whatever, they would have to know that we're here and have this. So like that means that they're actively looking, you know, across the universe for yeah. life and then they'd have to have knowledge of us before they get here. Because coming in blind, they wouldn't know what's on our planet, what the atmosphere is like, what gravity is like. Like, they could look at us through a telescope and see, like, what's moving around on our planet. But they wouldn't know, like, what our gravity and stuff was like. You can roughly calculate that stuff 
even, even we can now using telescopes and stuff. So you you have a te- uh, kind of a technique called spectroscopy, which is using basically using the the light. So say there's a term for a planet outside of our solar system called an exoplanet, and if we discover an exoplanet, we can roughly tell what parts of it are made of. Obviously, it's not very accurate because yeah. you know it's millions and millions of miles away and whatever. But the light as it crosses across in front of its star or stars, there are binary star systems. Tatooine is a possible thing, sort of. <laughs> the bi- binary sunset could be a thing, although you probably wouldn't be able to live on that planet. It it things absorb light depending on what they're made of. So Mercury absorbs a certain wavelength of light differently than how rock does, how a sedimentary rock does, or how water does, or how all the elements in the periodic table that we know of, and basically all of them that can exist, have different wavelengths of light that they absorb. That's what gives them their color and a lot of their characteristics. So we can tell by the light that is absorbed by a planet passing in front of a sun hundreds and hundreds of light years away roughly what that planet's made of if it's habitable that's how we keep getting these like nasa's discovered 10 possibly habitable planets and stuff like that they can roughly tell what it's made of so in theory if they have the technology to get here they would also have some sort of scanning or telescopic spectroscopic technology that would tell them earth is mostly water it has these kinds of metals at least on the surface or within the surface and be able to roughly tell what's going on. So they could basically do like a mass effect style scanner or a mass effect style probe kind of thing and work out roughly what's going on. If they have the technology to get here, they can probably work out what we're made of, what our planet's made of, what's usable and what's not. But then they'd still have to like build a spaceship that not only would be able to get here, would also be able to like survive in our environment in our atmosphere yeah yeah they'd have to calculate (laughs) yeah that's basically that's how our first conversation about this kind of started wasn't it you asked me the question of is physics the same in for different planets so an alien ship coming here do they know that earth's gravity is 9.81 meters squared per second yeah like how do they they know the acceleration due to gravity Basically, you can calculate most of that using the mass, and you can, if you know roughly what the thing's made of and how big it is. So, if you can measure a diameter or a radius of a sphere, and most planets are roughly spherical. Again, it's all rough or, estimates. What if they're like flat? That. It's not. <laughs> That's one conspiracy theory I will not entertain. What if they're just dinner plates flying through space? Flat Earth. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'd rather have a Discworld style floating around on a tortoise. <laughs> yeah. Or a turtle, rather, floating around on a giant turtle. Or the giant space whale. I, I'm I'm cool with space whales. I love a good space whale. <laughs> uh, one of my one of my all time favourite heavy metal albums features a lot of space whales and its <laughs> imagery and things like that, which is um From Sirius to Mars by Gojira, the French metal band. Um shout out to Gojira. They're amazing. <laughs> um as if they need my support. Like, they're not one of the biggest metal bands in the world. They're like, thanks, Jack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're all listeners like, oh, cool. Like, merci beaucoup. Like, I'm sure they're not. Um, but yeah, they, like you said, they they would probably be able to calculate all that stuff. 
and they would have to build something that would be able to handle our atmosphere. Well, that's just it. So, uh, like, if they have their planet and they have different, probably different resources than we have, because... Almost certainly they would. Yeah, yeah, so they'd have, like, different metals and whatever. So the stuff that they build their stuff out of would be different from what's ours. They'd have to build something that can not only withstand their own gravity and atmosphere and everything, then get through space and then be able to withstand our gravity and atmosphere. Absolutely. Yep. Withstanding gravity is, like I said, that's a big problem because taking off and launching and stuff like that can be a huge problem. They probably wouldn't want to land unless the technology that they have allows them to do something crazy and just escape gravity yeah. wells easily, which is possible. If they can get here, they can probably use that or, or negate it in some way. But also, the, our, our atmosphere is not necessarily unusual in terms of exoplanets. Like We've found similar-ish kind of atmospheres, but from what we've seen so far, especially from things in our solar system nothing looks anything like Earth. Yeah. And we have a reasonably thin atmosphere compared to, say, like Neptune or one of the gas mm-hmm. giants. And When you're talking clouds of methane that are like, so thick it would, would crush you. Like yeah. the atmosphere is so thick that it crushes you with its atmospheric pressure, let alone gravity's pressure as well. It's basically like being the bottom of the sea with all that water crushing yeah. down you. That's not gravity. That's the pressure of the water trying to crush down on you. It's the difference between your internal pressure inside your body and the external pressure of the the thing around you. So we could have aliens that can't withstand our pressure, and I'm going to keep making reference to movies and things like that. <laughs> so like Man of Steel, a film I absolutely hate, but... They had the kind of Kryptonian atmosphere thing going on in their ship. Yeah. Which sort of maybe was kryptonite, never really explained. Um, and kind of depowered Superman and hurt him a little bit. Well, sorry, not Superman. That guy from that film, because they don't call him Superman in that film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Henry Cavill's character, mm-hmm. whatever his name might be. And. Hope Man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Angry Hobo Man. Yeah because that's what that Superman is. He's a vengeful hobo for some reason. Anyway, before I get onto Man of Steel, they had this they have this internal contained atmosphere and as soon as you as soon as the Kryptonians stepped out into Earth's atmosphere, they they felt changed. That's yeah. where they gained their powers and all that sort of stuff and they became the Kryptonians we know from the yeah. comics somewhat. So you see Zod and those guys suddenly gain these superpowers they didn't know they had. That could happen. They could have some very positive reaction because we have a lot of nitrogen in our atmosphere. Most people think air is oxygen. Air is like hardly any oxygen. Yeah. It's mostly nitrogen, but thankfully we've evolved to not be killed by, I think it's like 80% nitrogen in the atmosphere or something like that. Or, like I said, it could go the other way and either they have a very high-pressure atmosphere, so a a dense, thick atmosphere, so their bodies are built for thick atmospheres. They step out of their ship into our lesser thick atmosphere and just explode. Yeah. Or they come from a very thin atmosphere, they step out into ours, and they get crushed. They would have to find a balance somewhere, somehow, and 
either have like what we do now, like spacesuits, which yeah. contain internal pressure and protect us, and they would basically never be able to take them off on our planet until they terraform it and change it to the climate and atmosphere that they need, <laughs> like which is what War of the Worlds tries to do, yeah, and, and what Independence Day creatures try to do as well. The harvesters, I think they're officially called. I was just thinking of there's like this one video from Man of Steel where it's like. Oh, it was like making fun of it and it's like about how they try and terraform earth with the power of dubstep and it like shows their little terraforming thing and then it's like got dubstep dubbed over it <laughs> yep pretty much <laughs> it, uh, yeah that film is terrible <laughs> but at least making fun of it is fun yep well so then maybe that's what the grey aliens are is their spacesuits that's their like exoskeletons for interstellar mm-hmm. travel. Maybe. Like in uh, I, I, I the Men in Black that... movie where it's like the little tiny alien inside the bigger guy. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. You got the the tiny, tiny like I said, like physically weak, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. that the greys are I would assume that the greys again, this is making lots of bullshit assumptions <laughs> that I don't actually know. It would make more sense if that was their physical form and they came in a spacesuit, like um, so, a good example in Star Wars, which is not science fiction. I hate <laughs> to the science in Star Wars is non-existent. But the Keldor are a, are a species. You may know the character Plo Koon from Star Wars: Clone Wars and, and Rebels. He's mm-hmm. my Jedi Master because I'm a nerd. <laughs> Plo Koon is from this species called the Keldor, and they have a unique gas called dorian gas on their planet and it is basically horrendously murderous to basically every other species they've ever met but they can breathe it and they have to breathe it so they have these constantly attached gas masks so they're all talk like they all talk like bane from Dark like Rises, bane. <laughs> yeah he's he's like a posh old man bane basically <laughs> flocoon's the best and they kind of look like these predator type things and they're always wearing these these really cool gas masks and uh, then you get the example in Mass Effect of the Quarians, where they always exist in their spacesuits, and you never see their faces and blah blah blah. Sure, if you romance Tally, and you can see Tally's face, but it, I, I don't believe in that. That's, that's a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh, I I very much disregard the canon look for the Quarians in Mass Effect. But yeah, they have to be contained in their suits because their immune systems are not developed. And that's another thing that aliens would have to worry about. Like if they get a, past the gravity... The new War of the Worlds the movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Once you get past that, we have airborne viruses. Yep. We have like chicken pox and shit like that. This really basic stuff that basically everyone goes through as a kid mm-hmm. could be absolutely crushing and devastating for alien anatomy they could have a heart or a respiratory system or a blood circulation system that works in a completely different way to ours and in the same way that we can't breathe underwater and fish with their gills and their respiratory system can't breathe on on land Mm -hmm. and out in the air they could have a real problem there as well so it's this weird thing of like being able to breathe at all and if they come out of their spacesuits they'd have to be sealed up tight because we have all sorts of airborne nastiness that we don't even think about because yeah. built immunities up to it like they're you know we all know 
certain disease that I mentioned, chicken pox and, and airborne viruses and stuff like that. There's loads of just crap just floating pollution. about in the air all the time. <laughs> yeah, loads of pollution. Exact perfect example, yeah. Like car fumes or mm-hmm. aeroplane fumes and stuff like that could be absolutely deadly to yeah. an alien if their if their anatomy is not carbon based and not oxygen based like we are they could be some completely different system and completely screwed by just existing in our atmosphere it, it's an interesting and that's something we've got to think about as we become further explorers taking the e from pi like i mentioned earlier <laughs> we're going to become explorers more and more yep. of space and outer space and that's something we've got to worry about we talk about the martian and the atmosphere there that's not very productive for, for human life yeah so exactly you've and got to worry just, about that sort of you stuff know, the closest planet to us never mind how far away <laughs> exactly um back to the original question you asked <laughs> even even before we started doing this this episode this is kind of where the I don't know, the the incubus of this episode <laughs> happened, listeners, is where for for different planets Oh god what what was the exact phrasing you used? I can't remember. Was it like would aliens be able to exist on our planet? And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they have the technology in theory, but it would be a lot of calculations and and if they have the technology to be traveling here you would hope that they would also have the technology to protect themselves from the various bad things or it could be like signs and it's water and we all win because water (laughs) yeah swing away (laughs) swing away also water (laughs) yeah (laughs) because you know it's not like the atmosphere is like 19% 19% water vapor exactly. or anything. It's not like, even if they look at a cloud, they're fucked. Like, it... <laughs> and there's water in space. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're in the middle of nowhere in space, there's not water. No, but there's, like, break, frozen... I hate <laughs> there's frozen bits oh, yeah. up there there's, and there's, there's asteroids and comets yeah. and stuff that are covered in ice <laughs> and things I mean, like it's that. like, just lakes <laughs> hovering around in space. It would just be a giant... <laughs> I'm gonna make another nerdy reference here. It would be like a Blitzball arena in Final Fantasy X, where you just get this giant sphere <laughs> of water in the middle of nowhere for no reason. Yeah, and you just stop and like dip a cup in, and play some Blitzball, and exactly wave at Titus and move on. <laughs> Back to spaceships. Do you, do you have any more questions? <laughs> no, well, I think that because that, that was like my main one, right? Like, so if they're on their planet, how can they actually like? I mean, they'd have to have. Well, obviously, like, technology beyond our even concept of technology to look at another solar system, galaxy, whatever, find this other planet that they're like, hey, let's go check that place out. So then they need to do all this research, find out, like, possibly what our atmosphere and all that shit's like, build something on their planet that can sustain their own gravity, get through space, and get to our planet, and then even, like, get out of their spaceship to like see what's in our atmosphere just to abduct rednecks probe their butts exactly <laughs> and, and like put burn marks on cows for some reason yeah that's a thing cows like why cows not goats they're the most interesting and intelligent life on earth apparently yeah. like you just know specifically cows 
specifically cow. <laughs> yeah. No other animal. <laughs> Just cows. It's it's hillbillies or cows and nothing in between. Yeah. Which like goes back to it almost making more sense that aliens are time travelers because then they're within the same space. They exist within the same space and don't have to go through all of that stuff and they'd already know what our atmosphere is like, what our environment's like. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's certainly I mean Time travel is a whole nother topic we'll get onto at some point, <laughs> which we did touch upon in our now infamous time travel sandwiches episode. <laughs> exactly. Time travel is a hell of a a thing and a mm-hmm. sort of possible maybe sort of thing. Well, it's that thing but... where they say like if time travel was ever a possibility, it would already be a possibility. Like it would have already happened because someone would have already came back. Yeah, there's there's the there's a very real problem with that kind of if there were time travelers they would have already come back to us so we'd know about it thing of the theory that you can only time travel from the point at which the machine is created yeah so you can only go forward because because that would be like a uh to again use doctor who kind of term that would be <laughs> a crossover point a uh, uh, a core point in time where mm. you can't go before the creation of that machine because that machine is the thing that is allowing you to time travel so if you go before it you're stuck and you're screwed so you would never want to time travel before the creation of it and you probably wouldn't be able to now we can time travel further in time by funny enough traveling very very fast exactly traveling in space allows you to time travel so it's the classic thing of the the twins which is actually a real thing that happened one twin was an astronaut, one wasn't, and the other one was a like ground-based scientist. Mm-hmm. And one of them travelled around the Earth. And when you're travelling around the Earth, you travel at very high speeds, which means you experience time in a very different way. Time basically slows down for you. So if it takes you two weeks to travel around the Earth according to your internal clock, it could be like three or four weeks on Earth yeah. in terms of our experience. That's an exaggerated version of it, obviously, but that's the rough concept. And also, gravity affects how you experience time as well. So the closer you are to gravity, the faster... No, is it the slower? It's the slower time works. Yeah, the slower time works. So as you go further away, your experience with time changes there as well. So you've got this kind of... Not necessarily paradox, but you could do the whole Planet of the Apes thing, which is secretly a time travel movie. (laughs) Yeah. Spoiler alert from 1965 (laughs) or whatever it is, from 50 years ago. Yep. Where Charlton Heston travels and then comes back, but travels incredibly quickly. So thousands of years have passed on Earth. I'm, I'm not actually sure about this specific time gap, but I assume it's very long for the... Statue of Liberty to be buried that far yeah, in the sand. Yeah, it's pretty buried. Yeah, it's pretty buried. It must be thousands of years, I would assume. And that is a very real thing. Like, if, if for whatever reason, we have the technology to send somebody out outside of our solar system and they eventually come back, they may have experienced, like, 10, 15 years of travel, come back, and it would be hundreds of years here, depending on how fast they, they move. Yeah. And there's a 
interesting like the closer you get to the speed of light the more exaggerated that effect is so if we develop things like warp drive you could have some real problems if you're not doing the folded space-time thing i mentioned earlier which kind of breaks the rules a little bit if you're actually traveling in physical space incredibly quickly somehow then time dilation would be a massive problem it will it will take you five minutes to get there but like millions of years will have happened and the entire human race will be extinct by the time you come back and stuff like that it's a weird thing (laughs) that whole time space thing well yeah time space space time space pie science pie (laughs) science pie It's it's all it's all a big problem like i said it's something we're gonna have to think about uh as we go forward as a species in terms of our technology and our exploration of space and our travel and our our energy consumption and our use of energy as we know it and things like that and one of my all-time favorite quotes from one of my all-time favorite people from carl sagan and i kind of want to i don't necessarily close with this it (laughs) sounds very pretentious um is if we do not destroy ourselves, we will one day venture to the stars. And basically that's how I interpret that. I don't know if necessarily this is how Dr. Sagan meant it, but you know, if we don't have a world war three and wipe ourselves (laughs) out, we don't do something about climate change and solve the problems that are going to be bigger problems for our children and our grandchildren and our you know, grandchildren's children and things like that, the generations to come, then there's nothing stopping the human race from becoming bigger, better, stronger, smarter, and venturing out into the galaxy and intergalactic travel. Like, we have the potential and the drive and the, you know, we become inspired and things like that by whether it's fictional stories or real people like like the scientists I've mentioned like Michio Kaku, like Phil Plate, like Carl Sagan and, and Neil deGrasse Tyson and people like that people that inspire younger generations to go on and become astronauts and scientists and chemists and, and physicists and whatever else we could see in a couple of generations us colonizing other planets and other solar systems and I would love that I'm not going to be here to see it. I very much doubt. You know, I'm I'm 26 now, so I'm probably not going to be around by the time we actually colonize another planet properly and things like that. But I absolutely adore that quote from Carter. It's like I don't have any tattoos, but I I want to get that <laughs> tattooed on me because it's such a an inspirational line to me and the way I kind of think about life and the human race and things like that. That's a great one. It's a good way to close out the episode. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> I realized we're running a little bit long, so I'm like, I've got a thing that will end this very nice. <laughs> well, thanks so for I being on to talk about space pie. Mm. <laughs> I've got a time travel episode and a space pie episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to find you online to talk about space things or geek things, where can they find you? I don't really, like I said, I don't really talk about that much science. But if you want to hear me talk about (laughs) comics or UFC or video games or films or professional wrestling, um, what else do I talk about? Podcasting. I do a lot of podcasting. 
Um, I'm at JLW Chambers on Twitter, and I'm I'm that on everything. If you for some reason you want to use Facebook or Instagram or anything like that, you can find me there. Um, I host three other podcasts regularly, and I'm a guest on a couple of other ones as well, including Little Geek Lost, your other show. I've been on there a few times as well. Yep. The three main shows I host are Intercomics, which is our main comic show podcast. Which I keep saying we need to get you on, Mandy. It's been, it's been way too long. We've been doing yes. this thing for four years, and I've known you longer than four years. Yep. We need to we need to get you on the Intercomic <laughs> show for sure. Um, my other comic book show is specifically about the Marvel characters, Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen. That's called Ultimate Spin. Um, I'm going to be recording an episode of that shortly after this, funnily enough. Um, and the other podcast is something a little bit different. It's the newest one for me, and... It is all about fixing bad sequels to good movies. It's the one I mentioned earlier about fixing Independence Day yep. resurgence. So I host and kind of judge the whole thing, and it's a competition between two teams on the show. We have uh, the YouTuber Stuart Ashen and a good friend of ours who's the happens to be the front man in my band, Alec Plowman, as one team, and then two local filmmakers here in Norwich. Um, you may know a uh, guy who created the Cheesemint production and has done lots of directing and, and things like that. A guy called Matt Stogden and uh, a guy who runs a production company called Forward here in Norwich as well called Tom Martin. They team up. Each team comes up with a script to try and outpitch the other towards me, basically, and try and fix a bad sequel that followed a really good, really good film. So Independence Day, for all its flaws, is an enjoyable blockbuster that kind of redefined how we see kind of the big blockbusters nowadays like that that's yeah. the reason transformers is a thing and and a lot of these kind of big crazy set piece blockbusters independence day 2 resurgence is awful unwatchable trash <laughs> yes. so how do, how would those two teams write a good version of resurgence and i think the guys do an amazing job a lot of people don't know i have no idea what they're about to say they have team names that I don't know heading into it. Sometimes they don't know their own team names before they say <laughs> it on the show. I have ne- I don't know any of their pitches. They they recast people. They add people. Somehow the teams of Matt and Tom and Stuart and Alec managed to come up with these great ideas. And I'm just kind of along there for the ride to prod them in the right direction and, and enjoy it. And it's doing really well at the moment. I'm, I'm really proud of that show and how the Intercomics has been around for four years and that's kind of been my baby. And I'm... Um, I'm really happy where that is now. I feel like we're in a comfortable, good little groove with that show. But sequelizers is kind of like the new weird thing for me. And it, it's, it's been pretty a, it's good. Been it's pretty entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. Mostly not due to me. <laughs> Mostly due to their pitches and things. So all the credit goes to the teams of, of sequelizers that are actually pitching their ideas yeah, and coming up. Yeah, they're pretty creative. <laughs> yeah, the guys are incredibly creative. And I, I love being a part of that show and laughing along with them and being like what on how did you come that on earth particularly the pirates of the caribbean one as as anybody who's heard that episode which is episode six alec's idea for that episode for pirates of the caribbean 2 is just absolute madness (laughs) basically I'll, i'll give a little tease so people are interested you know how keith richards is jack sparrow's dad imagine that but all of Pirates of the Caribbean is Keith Richards being his dad. <laughs> Keith Richards is basically the main character, and then every other person from the 1970s rock like community is in there as well. It's madness, and 
ridiculous and yeah that's all I, i've just been editing lots of podcasts recently <laughs> a lot yeah. <laughs> well thanks again for being on and i'm sure i'll have you back on to talk another one maybe we'll do time travel awesome i'd love to <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. As always, you can find the show at thepodcast.com on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, any of your podcasting apps. Just look for the podcast. And you can interact with me on Twitter at thepiepod. I enjoy interaction from fans, feedback, suggestions for the show. And even if you want to be on the show, be sure to hit me up. <laughs>